With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on 600 AM KGEZ with Anthony Knockreiner and his show, The Knock on Sports. This week, we're talking about the Seahawks' 27-20 win over the Atlanta Falcons. We talk about the trade deadline and the surprising moves that didn't happen. A lot of expectations that a few players around the league could make the move, but yet not a whole lot of movement. Uh, the biggest movement, uh, the Miami Dolphins acquiring a keep to leave a guy off an injured reserve and uh, who might only be ready for the final couple games of the season. So interesting move by the 0-8 Miami Dolphins and relieving the L.A. Rams from having to pay to leave salary for the remainder of the season while he sits on IR. And since this week's game coming up is against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Anthony, as a Bucs fan, breaks down exactly how he thinks this game is going to play out. So stay tuned, check out that, and check out our Week 9 picks. Usually, my next guest is on Wednesdays, so that way we pick the games ahead of the Thursday Night Football game, but some changes have to be made. Uh, Brandon Schultz joins us in studio from the Seahawkers Podcast, Field Goals Podcast. Brandon, great to have you in studio once again after another Seahawks win, but does it really feel like a win? It does. Come on, Anthony. It feels like a win. <laughs> I was, well, I'm just curious because some of the social media reaction, I mean, yes, it's a W of the win column, but Justin Britt out for the season. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things to take away from this Falcons game that just doesn't feel, even though a win, and encouraging. The thing that I enjoyed about this game was I'm I'm a person who likes my team to get off to a fast start. Oh, they did. And they did. They got up to a 24 point, what, a 24 to nothing lead at halftime. They scored three straight touchdowns in the second quarter. So, yeah, I'm I'm riding a little bit, a bit of a high going into the second half. Now, when people ride into the second half with that kind of high, they expect to maintain that, I think, through the rest of the game. And and the Seahawks didn't allow that to happen. No, <laughs> they allowed two straight drives by the Falcons. You had two straight three three and outs by the Seahawks offense, and it allowed the Falcons just to get back in the game a little bit. But what we saw from the Seahawks is when they needed a drive, when they needed that three point score to put them up by you know just out of the range of the Falcons, and when the Falcons came back down the field and they needed that two point conversion to get within the score. Bobby Wagner was there to make plays. Russell Wilson was making plays. They were making plays when they needed to in the second half. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Seattle Seahawks, and this is what I took away from this game. I'm a little more concerned about their defense. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, I'm not coming out of the game like rainbows and, and sunshine. And yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, it's uh, there are concerns about the defense. And the biggest concern about the defense is when they're in their two minute defense. And because, you know, the last two minutes of a quarter or when the Falcons, you know, they're playing to come back, recognizing that they have a 24 point deficit to overcome. The Seahawks are playing back in that two minute defense and they're just allowing everything underneath. 
As I say, you guys are almost out doing the Buccaneers defense. That's usually what we do. Give up 460 <laughs> yards of offense. or sorry, 460 yards passing to backup quarterbacks. We right. make backup quarterbacks look good. We don't need you guys coming into our turf. <laughs> well, now we're going to have to fight over the turf in, in this game coming up. But when you're facing a veteran quarterback like Matt Schaub and when you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Austin Hooper, they definitely have the weapons. Mm-hmm. And when you give Matt Schaub all kinds of time <clears throat> in the backfield, uh, they just didn't have any ability to put pressure on Matt Schaub. And that was the biggest concerning part for the defense in this game. What was more surprising to you? I know we talked about this last week, but realizing that Matt Schaub was one still in the NFL or the fact that he's through for still, he's still capable of throwing for 400 yards. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think any, any quarterback of that age is, is <laughs> capable of putting together one game where they, especially when they get the kind of time that they do and their receivers are as open as they are. It, we saw when Matt Schaub saw any kind of pressure coming his way, he was throwing the ball away real quick here. He was going down Bobby Wagner bearing down on him and he just, he just falls down. Mm-hmm, true. <laughs> I wonder who I want, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has made a career of that. Yeah. You know, one game, one game wonders. I mean, I saw that firsthand last year. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> you can last in this league a long time if you're willing to just be a backup quarterback and, you know, go in there for here and there when you're needed. And Josh McCown. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it can happen. Matt Hasselbeck played in the league for, uh, you know, oh, how yeah. many years after he left Seattle? I was going to say, yeah, that'd probably be a good, good trivia question. Years, how yeah. many, how many teams did Matt Hasselbeck play for? Oh gosh, I think it was. Cause he played for you guys. He played for the Packers. He played for the Colts and the Titans. And the Titans? Yeah. Is that it? I think that's the four. The four? Okay. Bonus question, trivia time. When was Matt, what was Matt Schaub's draft class? I'm going to say 2004. I'm going to put him with Philip Rivers and uh, uh, You win, sir. You win. Ah, yes. <laughs> you get our bonus prize of I have no idea. I'll take a look in the prize bin. Let's keep going with trivia. This is fun. <laughs> uh, Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Join me right now. Um, Brandon, one thing I will say, and, I, and that's what I kind of looked at to me, this offense, though, it feels like it's going to have to keep pace with a lot of teams. Like when we're talking about keeping pace with the, you know, like the Ravens of last week, you know, Russell Wilson, good bounce back game. Chris Carson had a nice game as well. DK Metcalf with two touchdowns. Um, it just feels like this offense is capable, but to a degree, it feels like as you guys see the Rams again, eventually the 49ers here in two weeks, uh, you guys are going to have to keep pace. Yes, this team will live and die by its offense and Russell Wilson and how they play. And I think that's part of the fan frustration is that, you know, we're so used to seeing a team with a good defense. I I go back to the Matt Hasselbeck days when Mike Holmgren was coaching the team and we had this capable offense, you know, one of the number one offenses the year that they went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers. And, you know, you, it's hard to remember what it was like playing with an offense like that that was just capable of putting up points. And Mike Holmgren was a very conservative coach when it came to offense. They were usually winning close games, but it was the offense that carried the team. And so now as a, as a fan base who's gotten so used to a defense, we're now transitioning back to that more offensive capable team. And, and so it's, it's just a little bit different. And, Fortunately, we have Russell Wilson and his ability to just, you know, sling it into tight windows to Tyler Lockett. And you have DK Metcalf, who is the big target. He's been the standout guy this year, and he had two touchdowns in this game against the Falcons. So I, it is a bummer losing Will Disley. They didn't make any deals at the trade deadline. What happened at the trade deadline, Anthony? I was about to say, that was about as empty as all possibly could be. I mean, you guys probably could have got a keep to leave. You know, it probably would have helped us out a little bit more for the playoff run than 
than the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, right? I wonder if the Rams are. The Rams must have been mad at Akeem Tlaib. I they could have been. I, they were probably also just trying but, to dump his salary. And why would Miami even take Akeem Tlaib? That was my question. I'm like, why? <laughs> they well, they bought a fifth round pick essentially. Ah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, Brandon, let's talk about this too because obviously this is a big story. Like we mentioned Justin Britt earlier. How concerned are you with Britt going down? Uh, how does this change? It's it's a concern. I think what Britt means to the team is more than what his loss of talent means to the team, if that makes any sense. I, I feel like his impact is more emotional in terms of, you know, what he means to Russell Wilson and the type of uh, ability that he has. But I think Joey Hunt can fill in for a few games. I do think Ethan Posick, we've seen him come in at center and he's going to be on IR. So probably five more weeks before he comes back. But I like the idea of potentially getting him back at center for the stretch run. And, you know, Joey Hunt filling in. I think he could be someone who could prove himself going uh, down into that stretch, too. He's been with the team for a while. And so I, I do. I'm glad they at least have depth at the position there. I think their depth at center is better than it is at anywhere else on the offensive line. Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast joining me in studio as we talk about the Seattle Seahawks and the NFL. Uh, Brandon, once again, we find ourselves uh, at... At odds. I know. My team against I your team. I noticed how when you came into this segment, your your excitement, your tone, just it dropped down <laughs> a little bit. And I, I don't know. Are you dreading this game, Anthony? Uh, I don't know if I'm dreading it because here's the deal. I mean, here I'll tell you how this game is going to go. I can already predict it for you. I'll take this to Vegas. Here's how this is going to go. Tampa Bay is going to get off to a good start. Okay. All right. Tampa Bay is going to go up. It's going to be like 14-7. Uh, Tam Bay leading. Then we're, you know, we're going to play well in the second quarter. We're going to take a 21-17 lead into half over the Seahawks in Seattle, by the way. Uh-huh. All right. Then the second half comes. Jameis Winston's going to have four turnovers. Two of them are going to be for touchdowns. So then we're going to be losing 31 uh, to 21. And then Jameis Winston has to chuck it all over the field. He's going to throw for like 450 yards. Mike Evans is going to have like 150 and a touchdown or two. But you guys end up winning like 31 to 27. It almost sounds like what just happened against the Falcons, except, uh, you know, we, we get out to a slower start, which is more of what I come to expect with the Seahawks <laughs> offense. So, you know, it's it's interesting that you bring it up because in terms of points allowed, holy smokes, Anthony, with the Bucs, I feel like the offense is a team that can beat just about on any team in the league like we saw against the Rams putting up 55 points. But that defense and the points allowed, they're 30th in the league right now. It's very interesting because the Tampa Bay defense, actually, it, it's 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 I have no idea if this has ever happened in the NFL. It is for sure at the end of the season statistic. Tampa Bay is number one in rush defense. And number 32 in pass defense. I think they're up to 31 after this last week. <laughs> Why? Who who, who fell <laughs> off? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have no idea how, because even we've made Ryan Tannehill look good. I mean, like I said, we, we make backup quarterbacks look good. Who's your backup quarterback? Uh, Geno Smith. Okay. Geno Smith's going to throw for 300 yards just in case <laughs> Russell Wilson can't go. Uh, we don't have a secondary. Uh, the thing is, it's just like, I, I think what's going to happen here is that I will say this. I don't. I think this is going to be a bad day for Chris Carson. Mm. I think it's going to be a long day at the office. I don't think they're going to be able to run the football. I think Vita Vea is going to eat his lunch. But you guys are going to, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, all those guys are going to feast on what is a very poor secondary. If if I'm you, I'm going to just go from your perspective. Yeah. I think the biggest guy that worries me in that offense is Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mike Evans. Uh, well, shoot, all of your receivers. I feel like you just have, uh, it's kind of like this, 
Atlanta offense. You got Mike Evans. You got uh, the other dude. Godwin. Godwin is the leading receiver on the team, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. Well, Mike Evans just presents a bigger matchup problem because I don't think you guys have uh, a guy that can really, I don't want to say cover Mike Evans, but I don't think you guys have a guy that can really go up with a six foot five receiver. We had a heck of a time with Julio Jones. Uh, He had 150 yards on the Seahawks (laughs) this last week too. So I do think there is a matchup problem there. And I bet this is probably an OJ Howard breakout game too. That's if OJ Howard plays. He didn't play last week. And, and, play? and we don't even use him. That's why I'm surprised we didn't move him at the deadline. Yeah. The only trade that makes less sense than not giving up OJ Howard is the skins not giving up Trent Williams. Yeah. I think Daniel Snyder's being petty on that one. Yeah. I mean, why? I don't, he wants out. Well, he reported today. Yeah. I know. Which, but, but I mean, because he had to. Yeah, that's true. He had to. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get that one at all because it's like you had good offers. You yeah. know, you had really good offers. Everybody needs offensive linemen. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 well, and the funnier part was, is like the Giants were offering up Nate Soldier, too. Uh, they were trying to part ways. The Jets were parting with half their roster. You guys could have got Jamal Adams. I wanted Jamal Adams. <laughs> I, I, we can use more safety help. Absolutely. I mean, and the fact we knew that you, you guys aren't going to get any help from Arizona. I'm surprised Arizona didn't move Peterson. I figured they would have. Yeah. Considering the season they're having. But uh, here's the thing, and this is, and we'll get to your, get to this because I know we also need our NFL picks, but I feel like, listen, with the NFL trade deadline, I know the NBA trade deadline and the major league baseball trade deadline. There's always these chances for blockbuster moves. But I think the problem is, and I think as much as even if the NFL wants to try and everyone says, oh, the NFL trade deadline needs to be like this, which is add excitement. The problem is, is that you've got so many guys that are in one system that it's not as quickly as just inserting a starting pitcher or inserting a starting point guard or a wing guy. We're talking about guys that got to play into systems that have to learn entire playbooks and try and learn it in four days to even be available. I mean, Diggs wasn't even available for you guys when you traded from the Lions last week. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't think the trade deadline for the NFL is ever going to be fortuitous. I mean, unless a guy like Trent Williams, who really wants to be out of there, um, unless that happens, I don't think we're ever going to expect anything of value from the trade deadline. It it just has to be the right fit for the right guys. And I think maybe we just expected more because we had so many moves in the prior week. And yeah, but they were all minor, nothing big. There was, there was enough to at least there was action. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You guys think you see digs this weekend? I don't know. It it kind of depends on his hamstring, and I you guys like traded to. for an injured player. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I I think for the for the uh, the cost, right? It made sense, and mm-hmm. hamstrings guys recover from them. I think that they're counting on that, and they needed help at that position. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the fact that he is injured. I mean, we're still trying to get over the fact that uh, Ziggy Anza's coming over from the lions and dealing with his shoulder injury. You guys don't have a lot of luck with lions. No, no, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) You guys should trade with us more often. Yeah. Who have we had luck with? I don't know. (laughs) The Patriots. I think that's who we've had the most luck with. We're getting Justin Coleman. There you go. Um, Let's talk about this real quick too. 49ers. Yeah, big win and they're undefeated so far. You guys see them in two weeks on Monday night football here. You buying the 49ers is legit. Yeah, they're legit. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that win over Carolina shows that, especially against that defense, I think that that tells us that they're that they're legit. My featured <laughs> guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. We'll make our NFL picks next here on the Knock On Sports. Last week, Brandon, uh, we did pretty well. Uh, you went thirteen and two. I went twelve and three. 
unfortunately, I needed you to do worse than that. I'm yeah. trying to catch up to you here. And <laughs> it didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work at all. Uh, let's start with Thursday night football tomorrow night. San Francisco at the Arizona Cardinals. Do the Cardinals upset the Niners? I want them to, but uh, that 49ers defense, you, you were talking about how legit they are. That, that defense is really what's doing it for them. I think they could have just about anybody at quarterback for the Niners. They could go back down to their third string, uh, whether it's Beathard or uh, their other quarterback behind Garoppolo, and, and they probably do just fine. So I'm going to take the 49ers. But I would love this to be I I picked against the 49ers for my upset last week. I don't think I can do it two weeks in a row. Fair enough. I was going to say I'm not picking the Cardinals here. Uh, Jaguars. I'm sorry. Texans at Jaguars. Yes, I'm going to go with the Texans. But th- this could be an interesting divisional matchup. I'm taking the Jaguars for the upset. Ooh. I went to Gardner Minshew here. I'm going to see. I went with the Jags last week and that seemed to work for me. Um, so I'm going to take them again. I think the Texans are beatable, but they're Jekyll and Hyde, though. I mean. Like one week they look really, really good and they beat the Chiefs. And then what, who they lose to the next week? Uh, the Colts. Right. Yeah. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so I think the Colts are good, though. The Colts are good. But I mean, after watching that game between the Colts and the Broncos on Sunday. Yeah. How the Texans lose? Yeah. Right. You know? Um, so, yeah. So you got the Texans. I got the Jags. Uh, Bears at Eagles. I'm going to take the <clears> Eagles. I'm going to go with you on that one. I'm going to take the Eagles as well. I just don't trust that Bears offense. No. Or Col- the kicker. Or just- you really got to rub it in the kicker. Rub it in, huh? Kicker, kicker. Yeah. Um, Colts at Steelers. I will take the Colts. I I think that I I think the Steelers are an okay team, but I think the Colts are just one of those teams that gets by over uh, the lesser opponents. I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say the Colts as well. Dolphins uh, hosting the Jets. I'm thinking the Dolphins to win their first game against the Jets after the Jets tried to pawn off half their team. I had such a hard time not picking the Dolphins, but I had to think back to when the Jets beat the Cowboys, and I, I think, oh, yeah, the Dolphins don't have any wins like that, so I'm taking the Jets. All right, all right. Uh, Vikings at Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes still up in the air. When I look at the Chiefs and the fact that they've lost three straight home games, I cannot pick them to lose a fourth straight home game, even against a good Vikings team. I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think, has one of those Kirk Cousin games. Uh, so I'll take the Chiefs, especially in in an opposing stadium like Kansas City. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Titans at Panthers. I mean, I don't know where to do. I don't know what to do with the Panthers after that loss to San Francisco. So I don't know what to do with the Titans any any given week either. So I I went with the home team Panthers. I'm taking the Titans. I'm taking the road team on this one. Um, Washington at Buffalo. 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 Easy. Yep. Tampa Bay at, at Seattle. I think we're going to differ on this one. Because I think I'm, so. I'm taking my Seahawks. <laughs> I'm going to take my bucks. And so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's, it hasn't paid off for me yet, but we'll see. The only time picking Tampa Bay has paid off for me was during the bye week. Um, <laughs> Lions at the Raiders. I well, to, Just to go back to Seahawks bucks. Have you ever been to the, the Seattle stadium? I saw the outside of it. I've never actually. Okay. Because anytime I take some, this is going to be a test of our friendship because uh, anytime I take somebody to the game and it's their first time in the stadium, if they're a really close friend, then, um, then my team loses. So I'm hoping that, you know, (laughs) well, I'll tell you what, let me put it to you this way, Brandon. (laughs) I'm listen. I love Tampa. 
I just think we're going to find a way to lose. We found ways to lose games. Listen, if you guys can't beat us, it's on you. Okay. okay? <laughs> it's not my fault. It's on the Seahawks if they can't beat Tampa Bay. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to take the Raiders over the Lions. All right. I'm going to take the Lions. On the, I'm taking a lot of road teams. This yes. Week. The, this was one. It just it felt like too many, too many road well, this teams. Was a, well, in the Lions and the Raiders, another tough one. We're talking about two teams that legitimately a few more bounces their way. We're talking about a different season for both teams. Yeah, both teams in the playoff hunt if if one or two games goes their way, right? Exactly. Packers at Chargers. The Chargers finally paid off for me last week, but I'm not taking them this week. No, no, no. This is going to be a Green Bay Packers home game in L.A. <laughs> uh, Cleveland at Denver. I'm going to take Cleveland to bounce back. I, I don't like this one either. The Broncos at home, but I, I just think that that Browns team is too talented to, to lose against Denver. If they lose against Denver, Freddie Kitchens is definitely fired. Uh, New England at Baltimore, definitely the best game on the docket. Yeah, and I can't pick the Patriots to lose. I, I'm not going to try and decide when they lose, so I'm going to take them to win. Yep, I'm taking the Patriots as well. Cowboys at Giants. This is my upset. I'm going to take the Giants at home over the Cowboys. Ooh, all right. Another questionable loss I, for the I Cowboys. Just, I got all the way down the list, and I needed an upset pick, and it was just the last my last opportunity. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win in this one. Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast joining me. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episode of the podcast, how can they do it? Yeah, go to SBNation.com slash NFL podcast. Uh, Clinton Bonner and I did an episode of three in, three out. Definitely want to check that out. And uh, should be a new episode of the Seahawkers podcast coming later this week. Seahawkerspodcast.com. Brandon, really appreciate the time. As always, my friend, looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. Yeah, can't wait. 